Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 174 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Haggai chapter 1 today and our focus is on misusing scripture to justify expensive church buildings and the blessings that come when we obey God and put him first. So I want to welcome some new listeners. We haven't done this in a while, so i got a long list here. Welcome to new listeners in New South Wales, Australia, Lisbon, Portugal, Panama City, Panama, Federal District, Brazil, Saxony, Germany, Wakayama, Japan, Gelderland, Netherlands, Dubai, United Arab Emirates, Cebu, Philippines, Bihar, India, New York, New York, Monterey, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Dallas, Texas, and Hutchinson, Kansas. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. Thank you for sharing the show with your friends and posting it on social media. A great link to share if you want to introduce a daily Bible podcast to your friends and family is our website, Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. You can contact us there and uh, check out show notes and all that kind of good stuff. So today... We are in the Old Testament, and we're going to be reading one of the more misused passages in the entire Bible. The Old Testament book of Haggai may be the single most obscure and less known book in the Bible, certainly in the top five least known books of the Bible. So Haggai was a minor prophet who lived during the time of Zechariah, Malachi, Nehemiah, and Ezra right around that time, roughly 500-ish years before the birth of Jesus. He prophesied about the building of the second temple and expressed God's displeasure with the people of Jerusalem who had returned from the Babylonian exile and had built up their houses in the city walls but had failed to build up God's temple. Now, we're going to find some tremendous theological truths in this passage, but the misuse of this chapter can be kind of dangerous and maybe more manipulative than dangerous. And I've personally seen this passage misused more than once. Consider these verses, Haggai 1, 3, verse 4, and verse 9. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you to yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Verse 9, behold, my house still lies in ruins while each of you is busy with his own house. Now, what God is talking about there is his temple, and he's challenging the people of Jerusalem to not pay as much attention to their own dwelling places, but to build up his temple. Now, how has this verse been misused in the last 50 or 100 years? Well, quite regularly, pastors and church leaders have used this passage to justify building a nicer or bigger or some sort of more upgraded church building with the implication that God isn't satisfied with the current building and he'd like whatever church uh, that's in question to build him a better house to dwell in. Such verses can sometimes be used to launch giving campaigns that are designed to build bigger facilities. Well, what's the problem with that? I imagine it's good sometimes for a church to expand or improve its facilities, and it's not something that's forbidden in Scripture, although I do suspect just from the overall tenor of the Bible that the church in America has quite overspent on church buildings rather than underspent. Now, that said, the problem in using this passage to justify 
the building of a building is that this passage is talking about the Hebraic temple in Jerusalem. It's not talking about First Presbyterian down the street or First Baptist whatever, or the, the church you go to or the church I go to. This is an Old Covenant passage that is pointing to the Old Covenant reality of the temple as a dwelling place for God in a peculiar and particular way for the Jewish people. We are in the New Covenant now, and the temple situation is absolutely massively different for us. How is it different? Well, we're going to read our passage, Haggai chapter 1, and then we're going to come back and discuss it. Haggai chapter 1, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. The Lord of armies says this, These people say the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in paneled houses while the house, this house, lies in ruins? Now the Lord of Army says this, think carefully about your ways. You've planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. The Lord of Armies says this, Think carefully about your ways. Go up into the hills, bring down lumber, and build the house, and I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You expected much, but then it amounted to little. When you brought the harvest to your house, I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies, because my house still lies in ruins while each of you is busy with his own house. So on your account... The skies have withheld the dew and the land its crops. I've summoned a drought on the fields and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the fresh oil, and whatever the ground yields, on people and animals, and on all that your hands produce. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the high priest Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, and the entire remnant of the people obeyed the Lord their God in the words of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. So the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, delivered the Lord's message to the people. I am with you. This is the Lord's declaration. The Lord roused the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, the spirit of the high priest Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they began work on the house of the Lord of armies, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. So how is the temple situation different for us Christians in the year 2021 than it was for the Jews in 520 BC? Doesn't God still want a good place to live in? Well, here's the thing. There's no longer a temple that God dwells in like he did in the temple in Jerusalem. Why not? Because something radical and earth-shaking and paradigm-shifting happened when Jesus rose from the dead. The temple of God isn't a building anymore, and for the record, his presence did somewhat uniquely dwell in the temple of Jerusalem, but God is omnipresent. He's everywhere, and there is a temple in heaven that is uh, the temple in Jerusalem was a copy of, so it's not like God was only in the temple in Jerusalem, and here's the thing. 
that, again, the temple of God now isn't a building anymore. So what is it? Well, let's ask the Apostle Paul. And if we did, he would answer most likely with 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, which says, don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. You got it. You, my friends, are God's temple. We see this in 1 Peter 2, 5, 2, which says, You yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We see it in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. Ephesians 2, 21 and 22. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. So the people, the church, the members of the church that are saved by Jesus We are the temple. The people of God are now God's temple. So it's disingenuous at worst and ignorant at best to use passages like Haggai 1 to justify expensive building campaigns. Perhaps the modern church has focused too much time and money and attention on bricks and sticks building and not enough on the real dwelling place of God, which is the people. One more truth that we need to uh, cover here that is universal and really holds up in the Old Covenant times and the New Covenant times, and we see it in verses 5 and 6, where God says, Think carefully about your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. Well, this is a profound challenge from God that points to an important reality. There are blessings that go with obedience, and we see this in passages like Isaiah 48, 18, which says, if only you had had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. And we also see it in New Testament verses like Hebrews 6, 7, James 1, 12, James 1, 25, 1 Peter 4, 14, and more. Feel free to look those up. And there are also troubles and even curses that come along with disobedience. We just read some of those in Haggai 1. Sometimes, friends, when we find ourselves unable to succeed, our paycheck runs out well before the month does, we're dissatisfied with life, and uh, everything's a struggle. Sometimes, not every time, sometimes the trouble may simply be that there are areas in our life where God is calling us to obey him and we are not. That, I believe, is the enduring message of Haggai 1. God is a father who blesses his obedient children and withholds blessings from disobedient children in order to steer them back to the right and good way. Ponder that, my friends, and we'll close with our Old Testament verse of the month for June, Daniel 6.23, which says, The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the lion's den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. Amen. Good day to you, and Godspeed.